Amen. 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 Um, today, as we uh, walk through this uh, brief section of scripture, I want to I want to talk about from the subject, the gift that keeps on giving the gift that keeps on giving. Let's go before the king. Father, we thank you. We thank you for uh, all of your great gifts. And we celebrate you as the giver and we celebrate you as the sustainer of our lives. And we come together to hear your word. That's that's one of the huge reasons why we come together. We, we need a word, and so we need that, that power that opens hearts uh, to be recipients of your word. We need that power that makes proclamation easy and clear and convicting and transformative and hopeful all at the same time. That's the beauty of the word of God. It cuts going in, cuts coming out, and it heals going in and heals coming out. Um, and so, God, I'm praying in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would, um, you would convict, construct, and develop us in every single area of our lives as it relates to this text. And, God, I'm praying that you'd let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. And help us not to just be hearers of the word deceiving ourselves, but help us to be doers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, the gift that keeps on giving. It's interesting. What, what would you say uh, photography, uh, the phone, TV, cars, and social media all have in common? Um, I'm glad you asked. Um, those things all have in common the fact that they are gifts that keep on giving. Um, just think about it. I mean, when you think back to photography, um, when they first had to do flash photos, um, they used to put all that, uh, what you call that, oxyhydro something. I can't remember what it's called. And they dump it on the top of this stick with a flat top on it. Then do was set it fire and run in the corner. Then the jump would go poof like that. And that was the flash. And they had to snap the picture at the same time. And if it didn't take, they had to do it all over again. Now you can take out your phone, you know, boom, you know, and then, oh, I don't like that one. Erase that one and then go ahead and take another. I mean, in, 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 other, in other words, the, 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 the idea of flash photography um, itself has uh, evolved greatly um, over the years. You could, you could look at the phone. I don't know if Alexander Graham Bell knew uh, what he was inventing when he invented the phone. I mean, my daddy grew up in Jim Crow South in South Carolina. He grew up in Clinton, South Carolina. And he grew up, and, uh, and, and, and he used to tell me, he said, son, um, when we had to use the phone, we had to go to somebody's house in the neighborhood that had a phone, and so they had to be home. And then you'd have to take the joint off. He didn't say joint, but that's what I'm going to say. And he put it on his end, and he'd talk into it and, and roll that mug up like this until it responds, and it sends a signal to the operator that's in that particular area, the opposite area to say who you want to talk to. And she literally, like Battleship, I don't know if y'all know nothing about that, um, had to unplug from here and plug to here to make sure that they stayed connected. And, but I mean, but now, I mean, we walk around with phones in our pockets, you know what I'm saying? I mean, can just do so much with the phone. Um, because, in other words, that, that thing that he created has just continued to evolve and evolve and evolve and evolve. I mean, if you look at cars, cars uh, were developed when roads weren't greatly developed, but our world is now 
deeply built around the ability on continents to get one place to another. There's a rumor that they're going to try to build a highway from America to Europe that goes all the way across the ocean. I'd love to see that happen. That's going to be some cakeology. Well, I don't even know. I don't even know. How, uh, anyway, I don't know how the gas stations, food. I mean, if somebody get back, can you imagine being in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and cars back up to America? I mean, you, can you just think about that? I mean. I mean, you talking about you think you you think you losing your sanctification on 76 and 676 and 95 and the boulevard and all that. Man, let your let your behind be in the middle of the water. Whales and sharks and carrying on all up under the water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, but 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 again, transportation and roads came from necessity because a man had an idea. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Social media started as just a way for people to connect with other people, but little did they know that it would expand into a multi multi-billion dollar industry where people can promote businesses, they can promote their art, catch up with people who, uh, 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 who they haven't seen in a long time. I mean, it's a gift that keeps on giving. In other words, when, when, when someone creates a gift, um, that gift has pandemic impact because it'll continue to be built upon based on people innovating with that particular gift. And, 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 and as great as photography is, and as great as the phone is, and as great as TV is, and as great as cars is, um, uh, cars are um, as, as great as those things, <laughs> my English majors, um, uh, as, as great as those things are, um, uh, th th there's a gift that God has given that has been having impact before there was a phone, before there was social media, before there was a car, before there was all of those things that man innovated of. There is an eternal gift that is embedded in the character of God that he's had all of his eternal life because he doesn't have life with beginning or end. It's love. And as powerful as that is, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's, it's the gift that's so powerful that God can keep his love that he has, share it with us, and, and, and deposit love in us without being less loving because he has so much love. He has enough love to give away that when he gives it away, he's not giving away his character, but he's given us the ability to be able to be dispensers of what he's already been for eternity. And the love is something that's going to keep on giving and giving and giving. And, 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 and the reason why that's so important is, is, is because this passage that we're in today is about this idea of love and, 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 and about how it's a gift that continues to dispense and continues to give. And it's the thing that can restore people to relationships, love is. It's the thing that can cover a multitude of sins. Um, it's, it's the reason why you got saved. It's, in other words, God demonstrated his own love for us that and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, 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 and through that over and over and over again, Christ's work on the cross was so powerful and God demonstrating his love through it, 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 it that one event was enough to, 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 to explode with cataclysmic effects on those who would have faith in him over and over and over again. We're doing, we're doing outreaches because of love. We're planting churches because of love. Matter of fact, you're sitting in this seat because of love. In other words, it is a gift that keeps on giving. Some of y'all are going to go here and forgive somebody and love them again. Some of y'all are going to go from here and love somebody. Some of y'all are going to uh, get married and have love. Some, some of y'all are going to be single and love your single friends, your family. Every, love is a gift that just keeps on giving. Love, love, love. And so, 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 so we look at this passage, and it's a powerful passage. I wanted to break it up in two. Uh, um, even though we could preach right through it, um, I, I wanted to keep you less than two hours, and so I decided to break them into two two-hour messages. Amen. Somebody said an hour? Yeah. So, 
brings us to our first point in Jesus' mighty name. Brings us to our first point in Jesus' mighty name. The gift that keeps on giving. You must recognize that love is an enduring gift. Love is an enduring gift. The writer begins this section of the passage saying, love never ends. And, 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 and what's interesting about this idea is when you look at the New American Standard translation, I mean, it can be tra- ends can be translated several ways, but I like the way the New American Standard translates. It says love never fails or love never flunks. In other words, true love never gets an F. Okay, it, 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 never, it never messes up. New Living Translation says, love never gives up. In, 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 other, in, other, in other words, love is so powerful that you can be mad at somebody and love them at the same time. Ain't that crazy? That you can be, you, you ever been just angry with somebody and ready to slap them through the three walls or something, but you love them, so you didn't. Hallelujah. Some of you see, I'm by myself. I'm by myself. But, 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 but that's how powerful love. We saw last week that there are different types of love, though. <clears throat> we saw phileo, which is uh, brotherly love, ace love, girlfriend, I love you, girl, love type love, right? You know, that's my girlfriend. That's my dude. That's phileo, right? Um, we have storge, which is family love. And then we have eros, which is erotic love, which is love that's self-centered and, and selfish, that, uh, the, the love that has to do with taking care of self and not taking care of others. Um, and, and, then we, and then we saw uh, that the writers of the New Testament, when they were looking for a word that would describe what God was like in the area of unconditional commitment, when they look at God's ferocious veracity to faithfully love his people, when they looked at the fact that God could discipline his people and bless them in the midst of their discipline, um, when he looked at the fact that God created, when they looked at the fact that God sent his son, they said, what word in our vocabulary that would basically reflect what God is like without taking away from him, but helping give us a picture of expressing what God is like, and that's agape. And they took agape out of the seven or six or seven words in the Greek language for love. They viewed agape as the most powerful and strong word to show that God's love is everlasting and powerful. And matter of fact, the, the guys who were translating the Hebrew Old Testament um, years and years and years ago, when they first translated it into English, when, when the word Word, uh, chesed came up. They, they couldn't even translate it. They just made three wor- two, three words and put them together because the word was so powerful that it couldn't describe the massivity of the excellencies of God's affections for broken people. And so sometimes when you look at the old King James Version, um, it'll say loving kindness. Yeah, he, they had to make up a word. I ain't even, you look, you put that in your phone, it's going to have a red dots under it because they ain't even a word. But they created that word because, because God's love is uncategorically, you, you can't even categorize, you got to add, you got to add all kinds of adjectives to the word, because God's love, do you know how big God, God loves you so much, and God's taking care of you as messy and trifling as you are, and all of that kind of stuff, he still just loves, he loves you in your worst mess, listen, he loved you at the moment when you hated him, he was loving you, at the moment when you weren't pursuing him, because nobody seeks after God, and so he loves you, that's unconditional commitment, in your stinkiest moment, you know what I'm saying, your, your spiritual breath stinking on steroids with spiritual halitosis times 20, and God still was willing to kiss your nasty, stinking breath self and bring you into the kingdom. Um, see, some of y'all sitting here all funny like you don't know how much God loves you. But if you think back to how messed up you were and how far off from him you were, you'll recognize that it was love. 
You, 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 you regular. See, some of y'all looking at me like you're crazy because you don't know how unlovable you were. See, see, you, you, you think you was lovable. God, lo I know why he loved me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? You think you was cool enough to be loved. See, we love based on seeing a person for the first time. Some of, ooh, he cute. Why y'all do like this? How you say cute? And then, um, I don't know why they do that. Dudes, you know how we do. We try to walk, we say, shorty, all right, man, you know. <laughs> you know, we look, I mean, we looking at clothes and body shapes and how people act. But God's love looks into the heart and everything that you've done, did, will do, and could have done, and still says, I'm not even looking at the prettiest part of you. Y'all looking at me funny. God, listen, God looks at the worst part of you and loves you. Okay, okay, y'all looking at me funny. Okay, let's say, let's take the person you like, single people, and let God open up how trifling they are to you. Like, just give you an injection like, like that matrix when they put their head on that thing, and they go like, and they go like that, and I know something and all of that. Let, let God show you something about, and you be like, oh, my God, I'm, you're going to be running down Diamond Street like you Jackie Joyner Kersey. You know what I'm saying? Because, because, because you, don't look, you don't dip into how messed up they are, and you running, but God doesn't run away from us when he sees our mess. God runs towards us in Jesus Christ. That's, 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 that's the God I serve. I serve a God that, that, that sees how messed up I am and still makes movements towards me even though I don't want to. As a matter of fact, it's funny that believers, um, even when you experience God's love through Jesus Christ, still run away from him. While he's in love with you, you say you love him, act like you don't love him, and he still keeps you saved. That's crazy. I got to move on, but I, I, I'm just excited about the love of God. <laughs> because I know I am currently unlovable. See, some of y'all look at your testimony and you say, I, I, I remember back. See, some of y'all need to stop lying about. See, there's some stuff that you're like now that hasn't expired. You, you, you know, you know, you've been trying to put an expiration date on that sin. God, I won't do it no more. God, I won't do it no more. But, but, but the cross puts an expiration date on it. But God still loves you even though your mess hasn't expired currently in your life. Love never fails. Love, it never fails. It, it never fails. And that's, that's the goodness about God's love. God's love is powerful. You better recognize that he loved us in spite of us. Now, I want you, as you get in this passage, I, I want you, as, as we look at how massive God's love is, this, the context of this passage is about love. And, and, and in a larger scenario, in the larger scheme of the book, it's about maturity. And, and what I want you to do, so I want you to read the rest of this, not in light of the theological arguments of these next verses. Because this, this, is, this is a controversial group of scriptures that really shouldn't be uh, controversial if you understand the context of the verses. So what does he say? Paul says love never ends. Now, now why does he say that? Why does he say love never ends? Listen to what he says next. He says, uh, as for prophecies, they will pass. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass. That's powerful. Now, what is, what is Paul saying here? This is, this is great great information because what he is doing is showing the limitation of loveless gifts what he's what he's doing is is letting you know that spiritual gifts have an expiration date 
Now, we can argue back and forth about the perfect. I'll talk about that in a second. But I want you to see the text in light of the text. He's saying love is the only gift that extends. Listen, listen. Love is so powerful, it predated time. Are you hearing me today? Love, love, because God is love. First Peter 4. So, so, so it, I mean, First John 4. So it, it, love always existed because God is. It's not, God isn't like love. God doesn't just love. He is love. That's a difference. But love isn't God. Oh, if I could pause there. Um, I got somewhere to go. But see, oh, help, help me there. See, some of y'all, help me God, are in love with love. But, but, but if you're in love with love, you're going you're gonna to infatuate people and things and places. But see, if you, if you love God, you'll, you'll, you'll know that love is an, as, is an aspect of his character that he's imputed to us by the Spirit so that we can know, like Paul, like Paul said, one of my favorite verses in the Bible when I'm depressed and when I'm hurting is, is, is Ephesians chapter 3, verses about, it's, it's about around that 14th verse all the way down to that 21st verse. But up in there, it says to know the love of Christ. See, see, I like that because, because knowing the love of Christ gives me identity. But, but, see, but see, I know love because of Christ. I don't know Christ because of love. There's a difference. So that means some of y'all need to stop worshiping getting married because you worship love. That's why some of y'all can't be by yourselves for five minutes. Because you worship love and not the Savior and Christ isn't enough. And you, when you're not experiencing God's love, you're always going to try to justify the additives and preservatives that you try to add to your relationship with Christ. I got to move, but the, 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 that was for free. The original reason why we was talking about that is because love predates eternity. Love is shown in time when God stepped out on nothing and called something into existence that did not ex nihilo. It was loving for God to prepare the earth for us before he made us. Help me today, God. Oh, God, if you want to get married, uh, you should prepare some stuff before you. Anyway, that was for free. But I, I, I'm trying to stay on the subject. Um, I'm not, help me. Um, and so God, God is so powerful that he steps out and, and, and he begins talking to nothing and nothing says, oh, I got to come into existence because God said come into existence. God said, let there be light and light said, move out of the way, darkness. God said, come into existence. God said, God, in, in, in other words, in other words, God is so powerful that his love for his glory motivates him to be a preparer for us. That's why Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, ego I, me, you may be also. So, so, so I love that. It, it, but then love parades through time and love will be for eternity. So it never will fail because it will always exist. Because God, if love doesn't exist, that means God doesn't. Because he is love. Now, now he says, if there are prophecies, they will pass away. Future passive indicative. Stay with me on this. I'm not just trying to floss. Um, if they're tongues, they will cease future middle indicative if there's knowledge future passive indicative they will pass away now what is paul saying he's saying that there are different time capsules on these three things he says he says basically 
This is this is this is this is glorious. I'm ready to run already. Um, <clears throat> when, when he says prophecy will cease, he's saying there's going to come to a point to where we don't need prophecy anymore. In, in other in other words, and I'm gonna tell you why in a second. There's gonna come a point, but it will just stop. It will be stopped by some external thing called the perfect, which we'll talk about in a second. <clears throat> um, Tongues is in a middle, future middle. So at some future point from 1 Corinthians 13, it's, going, it's a middle mean, it's reflexive mean, it'll cease on its own. So it's like God, it's like sometimes my wife, she put a, she put a roast in the crock pot in the morning, hallelujah. Season it up with some Lipton onion soup mix and throw it up in there in Jesus' name. Cha-cha-chow, some carrots, some, some green peppers and some, and, some, and, some, and some potatoes and things and put it up in there and then put the cover on it and go click cow, right? Come on to the gathering. But at some point, it turns off because she set a timer on it. And that timer is letting you know that it cooks and once it cooks to the point where it's done, clean, it's over, and she can go home and we can enjoy a meal because there's a timer on it. Tongues have a time limit on it. God has turned time. He says, this is how long tongues are going to be needed. And when they're finished in their need, they will just fizzle away and cease on their own. Now, stay with me. Now, he, he, he says, future passive indicative, knowledge. He says, knowledge. In other words, words of knowledge. When somebody come up to you and just says something to you, breaks you down crying, it's based on the word of God, amen, and not just some fantasy um, to get in your pocket and, and, and to get into something else. But, hello, God. And so, and so, um, and so, and so, and, and so, and so, and so, and so what happens is, is that's going to cease. Because the reason why they, now, now it says, when that which is perfect pass away, the, the partial shall be done away with. Now, the, the, our understanding of the word of God, prophecy and knowledge and tongues is only partial knowledge, but it's not, listen, it's not uh, full knowledge. And God does, these gifts, all spiritual gifts are only partially effective because God doesn't want us to be satisfied with spiritual gifts. Let me explain why. Because he wants, spiritual gifts exist for you to long for God. <laughs> In other words, when you hear prophecy, because something's shielded from you, you should almost have a tinge of frustration on you. Because everything ain't being revealed to you yet. Because God reveals enough to you to live now. Listen, uh, 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 um, but, 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 but listen, but listen, listen. As powerful as these gifts are, they won't last forever because there will become a day where there will be no need for prophecy because we will be in the presence of the prophet, the priest, and the king. Help me today. Y'all don't know who that is, but, but, but one day we won't need prophecy because we'll, 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 we'll be enjoying it. One day you won't need an Eba and a Shata. Even though, now, now, can I just, this for free, another part. Park. Why do the Shatas and the Shabbas and the why do uh, now I believe it's I I, I, I speak in but uh, why why do all of them sound alike? Y'all ain't praying with me today. I'm just wondering why is every, why does everybody got a Shanda? I'm just a Shanda, a Rhonda. I'm, I'm wondering what's happening. What you talking about? You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm not trying to make fun of tongues. I'm, try, I'm just trying to understand what's happening there. But as, I just think of things sometimes people don't think of. But anyway, um, <laughs> something's wrong there. We're going to talk about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, though. Uh, so, some, so, so tongues are going to cease because we won't need anybody to give a sign 
to us because we will be in presence of the Savior. We won't need knowledge because we will be in the fullness of knowledge of God in eternity. I don't know about you, but but the Bible says we will rule with him. So we're going to be on earth, chilling, nice outfits, nothing get dirty no more. You can spill something on you, just fizzles away, right? I mean, I may be living in Yugoslavia, and because me and my wife won't be married no more in eternity, sorry. Um, I'm going to hate that, though. Um, Dang, I guess that's how he set it up. And she may live in Antarctica, the unfrozen one. And I may just think something in my mind and hit her. Wow, she comes in her mind. Because knowledge won't be needed. Because we'll know. And we will be in the presence of the omniscient one. Listen, where we will be forever growing and knowing his omniscience without ever being omniscient. (laughs) Somebody should have ran right there. Because, Because God is so massive that he's going to bring you into eternity in the presence of his knowledge, but his knowledge is so massive that you can't contain it, so it's going to take an eternity spending with him to get to know the knowledge of him that you'll never fully get to know because you'll be able to appreciate him, but because you're in his presence, you won't have to long for him no more. You'll be in his presence. Y'all ain't talking back to me. It's crazy to me today that we recognize that sometimes we've exalted spiritual gifts above God. And spiritual gifts were to make you long and, and groan in pain for him. Because, because love is like worship. John Piper talks about the fact that missions exist because worship doesn't. And so we do missions so that God can save worshipers. However, when the eschaton comes, when parousia comes, Christ sets up everything, missions will be done with. There will be no more evangelists. And, and, but guess what will continue to happen? Worship. Love is the same way. We got prophecy now. We got tons, all that stuff now. And I believe the perfect is beautiful because I believe the perfect, some people say it's the word of God. I understand why they can say that. The word of God is perfect. However, most of the ideas of teleos doesn't refer to the word of God, even though the word of God is perfect. When you look at the New Testament, teleos, or in some other forms of it, is to tell us that Jesus will say on the cross to tell us that it's finished. What happened when he said it's finished? His sacrifice was complete. What was his sacrifice for? To perfect us. Boom. So what, when the per, so, so what is God doing? He saved us by justifying us and through Christ's blood to, to, for God's wrath to pass past us and on to Jesus Christ. Crazy. He also sanctifies us, right, um, 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 positionally and practically. In other words, we used to be a vessel of wrath, but because of Christ's blood, we're a vessel of mercy, Romans 9, 23 through 25. But not only that, we'll be glorified, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, particularly verse 12, will, he will be glorified in us and we'll be glorified in him. So glorification, so justification, sanctification, positionally and practically, and glorification, listen, is us being perfected. So when is the perfect coming? When Christ comes back and perfects us so that we put off mortality and put on immortality and we have a brand spanking new body and we are known by him and he's known by us and we're fully in him. That's the perfect. 
And when that perfect comes, ain't going to be no need for no sanctification. You're already sanctified. But the Bible says those who he sanctified, he glorified. In other words, it's a, your stuff is already a done deal. See, in other, in other words, you're just waiting. You're just waiting. Just, 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 you're just enjoying yourself. You know what, I like about the, you know what I like about the gospel? I like about the gospel that I don't sanctify myself. I don't justify myself. I don't glorify myself. But God is going to one day perfect us. Ain't you, ain't you one day looking forward to no more flu shots and, you know what I'm saying, no more car accidents and no more sickness and no more pain? No more. That's what this chapter is about. It's about the never-ending failure of love. It's not about tongues and prophecy. If you walk away from this passage and all you get is an argument about what the perfect is and whether you're a sensationalist or, 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 or you're a continuationist, you've missed the passage. How in the world can you be in a passage about love and get in an argument? I'm trying to understand that. We, we supposed to be, the tablet is about love. And so look what he says further. Last point, I'm out your way, I promise. Love is the gift that matures us. <laughs> love is the gift that matures us. Look at the, look at the text. We're in the, we in the book. Look at it. Verse 11. He says, when I was a child, uh-oh. Somebody underlined was. Help us today. I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. Now, remember, the chapter is about love, but the overarching theme is about spiritual maturity. So it means that love should mature. So in other words, you, your, your, your spiritual maturity is not based on how spiritually gifted you are. Because level of spiritual giftedness doesn't equal character depth. <laughs> That's why it's called a grace gift. That's why you can be a mess and, 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 and live in a spiritual gift and people are confused because gifts are about grace, not you. Okay? But you could be using your gift to edify and help somebody else mature and be an infant yourself. Now, that, that's what the pastor said. Now, 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 I like the fact that he said, when I was a child. See, I like that. And, and because because, because he, he gives you three things that show you that he was a child. He said, I spoke, thought, and reasoned like a child. And, now, now, some of y'all looking at me funny because y'all don't know what speaking and, and, and thought and reasoning is. Um, um, you, you know what's funny about the whole name and claim it, blah, 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 call it, call it theology? Know what's messed up about it is it's a demand. It's a childish demand for God to give you what you want when you want it. So that's why people, people want to speak. You want, anybody, who wouldn't want to speak stuff into existence? You know what I'm saying? I, I want to speak into existence a flatter stomach. What y'all talking about? Right now, I rebuke the spirit of the fat right now. In the, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Tag, did it? Tag. Somebody said, well, he didn't have faith. <laughs> right? <laughs> but but when, you, when, you, when, you, when you look at this, that's why I like it says speaking as a child. That's childish talk. See, I was on the plane last night coming back from Dallas with my boys, and we were on the plane, and I downloaded uh, this movie, the, the Rise of the Guardians. I, I downloaded it for them, and you know what I'm saying, and Nehemiah sitting beside me, and Manny's by the window, 
I'm on the aisle, and we're sitting there, and Nehemiah, before the plane takes off, Daddy, Daddy, can I watch the movie now? I said, no, son, what I want to do is I'm going to wait till we get up so we won't be fumbling through anything. Okay, Daddy. Two minutes later, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy, can I watch the movie now? I'm like, no, son, you got to wait until the plane takes off. Okay, okay, Daddy. Three minutes later, Daddy, I said, son, if you ask me that question one more time, when this plane takes off and they say, fasten seatbelt sign off, I'm going to take you to that bathroom and I'm going to take you to a new altitude if you don't sit here and shut your mouth and wait. Ain't going to be no movie, no snacks, or nothing. If you don't sit, I'm back, I'm back there. Oh, I got to come back. Wow. Woo. All right, come back. <laughs> That's how children act. That's how children act. They, they reason like children. They don't understand no. See, some of us with God don't understand no. God told you no, and you think he don't love you because he told you no. That's childish. Childish. You, you, don't know, you don't know what God protecting your crazy butt from by telling you no. You need to hear no sometimes. Some of y'all are so used to having your way with your little bratty self. That's why God tells you no, to train you out of your entitlement. Let me save my voice for the third gathering, but I'm just trying to let you know that some of us, he said, I spoke as a child. I some of us have childish reasoning where you make decisions. That's why the Bible says, be renewed by, by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. Knowing good from evil, Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, Hebrews chapter 5. And some of us reason like children. He said, but when I became a man, that's good. I like that. Because there's no season of adolescence. In the kingdom, there is no meandering se uh, 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 season of infantile, that's, that's, a, that's a creation of Western society. In, 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 in the economy of God, there's childhood and adulthood. I remember when I was, when I was in college, they were talking about Eric, Erickson's philosophy of childhood development. And they were talking about adolescence and let them do this and let them do all that. No, the Bible says childhood, adulthood. Get your butt from childhood. That means, that means sometimes uh, 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 you can't be late all at night playing PlayStation when your wife in the bed. Oh, we got real quiet. Some of y'all failed in tests because you you going like this. Yeah, I mean, immature. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to get all spiritual G.I. Joe figures and Barbies. There's a, there's a time. Don't, don't listen, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I don't know. Help me that. We, we live in a society where people just don't want to grow up. I'm in that song, Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You remember that? The devil is a liar, but better grow up. <laughs> because them bills will show you you need to grow up. Get a bill. One bill. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? So he said, that's, he said, he said I gave away. He said, when I, when I, when I grew up, what's interesting is growing up, love grows you up. And love is the ability for God, it's God saying, okay, you're an adult now. 
And it's time to live in light of the adulthood that I bought for you in Christ. And so that's why love is so important because God's love matures us. And he says, for now, I'm, I'm getting out of here. He says, he says, for now, we see in a mirror dimly, but when face to face. Now I will know it, now I know in part, and then I shall be known fully, even as I have been fully known. It goes back to Moses uh, talking about seeing God face to face and not dying. It goes back to Numbers 12, 8. And, and what's powerful about this is one day we'll be face to face with Christ. And that's what love is for. Love is to encourage you to keep on going until Christ comes and gets you. Some of y'all need to hear that today. I'm encouraging you today. Keep on going. Because his love is encouraging you to stay on the road that he's called you to stay on the road of until Christ comes get you. And that's what I love about the goodness about love. Um, the Bible says, lastly, it says, so faith, hope, and love abide, remain, minnow, remain. These three, but the greatest gift is love. It reminds me of um, a show my wife has gotten me addicted to that I didn't want to get addicted to that we watch together. But, man, yeah, that's a, she, she got me addicted to it, man. And so, and get me addicted to this show is, uh, 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 um, what's the name of it? Once Upon a Time. And, um, man, who wants to see Snow White arguing with the seven dwarfs, but now they got on today's clothes and, but man, I'm sucked into that mug, man. You know, I'm like, babe, you ready to watch it now? You know, that's how, you know, ready to watch it. And we sit down, she gets some popcorn and some apple cider, and we sit down in the man cave and watch it. Amen. In the man cave watching Once Upon a Time. Mm. Anyway, only a wife can make me do that, man. Only a wife. And what's powerful? You got, you got Rumpelstiltskin and He's the dark one and so powerful, and you got the evil witch, and then you got the ice, this icy chick now. You know what I'm saying? It got ice powers, foes, and everything. You know, and what's, what's interesting about these people, they're very powerful. They are extremely powerful. Uh, but there can be people that have none of their magical powers that they are able to cancel out the most powerful trickster through true love. True love in that story is so powerful that it can wake up a sleeping beauty. In other words, somebody can be put asleep under the power of a curse and a spell, but one act of true love could bring somebody back from the dead. Y'all don't know where I'm going yet. All I want to say to you today is love is so powerful that even in the midst of us being sleeping uglies, not sleeping beauties, that Jesus Christ can kiss a ugly, nasty, wart-filled, trifling person and resurrect them to great beauty through the cross kissing you and taking you from spiritual death to spiritual life. Oh, y'all still looking at me funny. But what I like about love is love has been doing so much for so long that, that I love it. Love, love, love is, is, is God's motivational piece of himself where love calls God uh, to slay Jesus Christ before the foundations of the earth. Uh, 
the, the, the love caused God for his glory to create uh, this world. Love uh, caused God to reason to remove Adam and Eve from the garden in order to keep them savable. Love was what made God bring God's people out of Egypt. Y'all not listening to me. Love is the thing that God helped God to deal with uh, a, a funky, nasty people in the wilderness and still love them even though they wasn't loving him. Uh, God, th th this love that's so powerful was the love that helped God to love his children while they were still in captivity. Um, it, it was this love that was able to dispense promises in the midst of brokenness. It was this love that caused Jesus to leave heaven and come to earth and die on a cross for us. It was this love that sent him to the cross. It was love that held him to the cross, not the nails. It was love that let him get in a grave. It was love that made him get up again. It was love that made him sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and intercede for our nasty, trifling, funky selves. It was love that kept me every day. It was love that took care of you. It was love that kept you in your right mind. It was love that woke you up this morning. It was love that gave you covering. It was the love of God that keeps you. It was the love of God that saves you. And then one day, he's going to come back in love and come back and get you and bring you to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because of his love. So like we said last week, we've been loved by God through the gospel. So the best lovers on this planet should be us. Because we're the ones who've experienced the fullness of the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so you and I have a lot of love to give. And so I'm praying that we wouldn't be known how deep our theology is. Because you can have theological depth and shallow orthopraxy. But our theology should motivate us to love others. We don't just want to be gifted at a bunch of things only. We want it to be infused with the nectar of love. And so my prayer today is that we would be a church. We'd be Epiphany Fellowship, but we'd also be the love church. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that love. Thank you for giving us life through Christ by demonstrating your own love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm, God, I'm praying today for your people. I'm praying for us that we would express this love. The Bible says we would, they say we know, they know us Christians by how much mouth we got. Um, didn't say they know we were Christians by what we're against. The Bible says they will know that you're Christians. Matter of fact, disciples by how you love one another. So, Lord, help us to be on a love trajectory. But until then, we proclaim your love. And maybe you're here today and you've never experienced the love of God in Christ Jesus. How do you do that? Well, you got to first recognize that God is without spot or wrinkle, He's holy and expects it out of all of his creation to reflect his holiness. However, we don't. We follow after our original dad, our pops, Adam, who fell away from God by disobeying God knowledgeably with his wife. Sin spread to everyone. God already had 
God didn't call an audible. He already knew it was going to happen. He slayed, he slayed Jesus in his mind before the foundations of the earth, sent Jesus to earth to take on his wrath because his wrath has to be, his wrath is in a cup in heaven. And that cup of wrath is built up by each individual sin against him. And every individual, every time we sin, wrath builds up in this huge cup in heaven that's filled with God's anger against human beings for their nature and their actions. And Jesus, who looks eternally at the cup of wrath, took on the likeness of sinful flesh, came to planet Earth, and God poured, he poured his wrath out on Jesus Christ. And whoever trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior, the wrath that was poured out on him is applied to that wrath not being poured out on you.